Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Amen. All right. They're going to pass those things along, and uh, hopefully you fill them with gold doubloons, whatever, whatever bullion you have on you. Uh, today we're going to talk about the topic of being too scared to try, being too scared to try. Uh, to get that started, I'm going to invite a friend of mine up, Anne, who uh, has written something she wants to share with all of you, and it's interesting because she used to be too scared to do this kind of thing, but now, now here she is. God knows a young man with a song in his heart who by choosing to follow his bright star made it an art. This young man knows well there is one who is higher, so he uses his songs mostly to inspire. He uses his songs knowing that's his part. Perhaps that's why he developed this art, because that's his part. This man can lift songs and this man can lift praises and songs about birds. Not so absurd. God made those birds. He sings about birds, his goal to inspire. Folks who sing with him to praise he who is higher. He uses his songs. He knows that's his part. He shares his heart. This man did not learn to sing songs just like that. Took many long years to get it down pat. Now he's got it down pat. As you have heard, he can lift praises and songs about birds. He lifts up his voice, his goal to inspire us to lift our voices higher and higher. Just as he sings his songs, we too can start to share our hearts. Singing his songs helps him remove logs that could get him stuck in a bog. Like him, we won't hone our skills just like that. May take us some years to get ours down pat. And though we may not all sing about birds, with models like this, we'll learn to be heard. We'll lift our own voices. We too will inspire. Folks to give praise to he who is higher. Where God leads, we will go. But deep in our hearts, we'll cherish those here who helped us learn our part and share our hearts. We'll no longer care who wears a bright coat or who came in person or who stayed remote, because here we're all learning to remove our own logs. We'll know where to go if we're stuck in a bog. We're taking time now to get our skills down pat. As we do, we're encouraged. This church is like that. Folks here know we won't all sing about birds. Folks here want all our songs to be heard. All our voices are needed if we're to inspire folks to lift praise to the one who is higher. Though we may not use songs, we will share our hearts, because that's our part. Though we may not all stay here, it's here we learned how to use our own voices in the here and the now. So please do come join us, wearing jacket or coat. 
join us in person or join us remote. And if you're not ready to see your own log, we'll help you find your way from the bog. Then as we each learn to get our skills down pat, we'll have fun together. His joy works like that. So now you know why our John sings about birds. Bet you're thinking it doesn't sound quite so absurd. If you're wondering if you too have gifts to inspire, folks to lift praises to he who is higher, then use that seed planted in you from the start. Come, share your heart. Of course, you'll have the option to stop if you start. So if you decide you don't want to take part, you'll still be welcome here. We'll share our hearts. We do this because to God we've laid down our lives. With him we'll rise. love it, I love it, I love it. If you have something that God has gifted you with that you would like to share with us, uh, please email, text, call, uh, send a uh, carrier pigeon, whatever. And we, we just, we love when God is working through you, and we want to see more of it. Uh, today, we're talking about what it what it means to be too scared to try. Too scared to try. Uh, I've told this story before, and I won't go into too much detail, but there's a man who is a, a scientific researcher who owned uh, quite a few monkeys. He owned 70 monkeys. Uh, he was a professor of Berkeley, and he was obsessed with running these monkeys through different tests of all sorts. Uh, to, just to be able to figure out different random pieces of information. Uh, so what he did that was uh, a pretty famous experiment is he took four monkeys and he placed them in an enclosure. And inside the enclosure, there was a fake banana tree in the middle of it. Uh, real monkeys, fake banana tree. The fake banana tree would dole out one banana per monkey uh, per day for a couple of weeks. So they would go up and it would give them a banana. Uh, after a couple of weeks, uh, the fake tree kind of changed the way it was working and it no longer was giving out free bananas. Uh, it would give out a couple free bananas, but then one of the monkeys would go up and it would get sprayed in the face with water instead, right? And so the monkeys started getting used to a different possibility happening. Um, they would go up and, you know, at first it, it, was, it was just a 25% chance that they were going to get sprayed in the face with water, and so it was still worth it. And then it was 50-50 
Uh, they would go up and maybe they'd get a banana, but maybe it was going to be sprayed in the face with water. Uh, but eventually it became, uh, you know, three out of four times they were getting sprayed in the face. The monkeys decided that it just was not worth the effort. It was not worth the risk to, to possibly getting sprayed in the face. They didn't like this. And so what they did is they removed one monkey from the group of four. They inserted a new monkey. The new monkey would go to the fake tree to try to get a banana. The other three monkeys would grab him and say, whoa, 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 buddy, you're going to get sprayed in the face. However, they said that. The new monkey would go for the bananas. The others would stop him. Another new monkey was added to the group and replaced an old monkey. And so there's two new ones, two old ones. Eventually, they, they kept going with this and eventually replacing monkeys. Eventually, it was four all-new monkeys who were in the enclosure, and all four new monkeys never went up to the fake tree to try to get a banana from it. They were all too afraid to try, and none of them even knew why they were afraid of the tree. None of them even knew why. Just that it was kind of ingrained that they were supposed to not do this. We are not that different in a lot of different things that we do. A lot of us are afraid of things that we can't even really explain. We're not sure why we're afraid of them. We're just afraid. We're afraid of a lot of unspoken things. We're afraid of things like, a lot of you might be thinking like, well, I'm not afraid of, my, like, I'm not talking about being afraid of spiders. And I know you're all afraid of spiders. I mean being afraid of big things like, uh, I'm afraid that I'm not enough. I'm afraid that... Uh, you know, one of the things that I struggled with forever is imposter syndrome. That I'm afraid that if they find out who I really am, then they'll kick me out. Then they won't let me be a part of the club. That they won't let me be the, the pastor of this church. That she won't let me be her husband. That they won't let me be their friend. And so instead of being sprayed with water, maybe you've been sprayed with words or thoughts that said things like, don't even try. You're going to screw it up again like you always do. Why don't you just give up before you embarrass yourself? You don't have what it takes. That's a dumb idea. One of the, most com one of the common ones, I'm sorry if there's kids in here, you're a dumbass. That's one of the common ones. And so that leads to the fear of, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm going to fail. It's never going to work. I'm not going to be good enough. These are the voices that we hear in our heads. They're the voices that we hear in our heads. There are voices that are constantly going on all the time inside of all of us. We have our voice, you know, that voice of kind of guiding. Um, I, I shouldn't even say guiding because a lot of times the voice in my head is a destructive, horrible little person who is constantly trying to break me down. 
and say things that I'm not capable, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. Um, we have that voice sometimes, the, the voice in our head that should be cheering us on, but a lot of times is actually breaking us down. And that is the, it, the majority of people walking on this planet, the voice that you hear in your head, it is more negative than positive. That is the majority of people. We have our voice, we have other people's voices, so we hear things that maybe a teacher said to you, maybe a boss said to you, maybe a, a brother, a sister, a friend, a wife, a husband, co-worker, a pastor said to you. And then you have the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy, and this is the one that is super dangerous. It's the one that if you don't recognize where it's coming from or who is speaking it, can cause the most destruction. Because this is Satan, and it's, you know, people think that he, he's out doing uh, huge, dastardly things. Well, he is, but he's doing them in your head. That's the place he works. To whisper things like, you know, she never really liked you. To whisper things like, of course this is never going to work. Nothing ever works out for you. This is, this is what your life is. Your life is a series of things not working out. Any of you hear things like that? Man, here's what you got to say. Get out! You are not welcome here. You are not welcome here. That's the voice of the enemy. And if you, recognize, if you get to the point of recognizing that, you need to say, oh, you are not welcome here. I, I, <laughs> I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. God's voice is very different. God's tone of voice is very different. So if you're curious about who, who is, where's this voice coming from, this doesn't seem like mine. One test is just the tone. Because God's tone of voice is loving and caring and helpful. It, it's encouraging. If you're hearing things and they're tearing you down, and, and they're, they're masked as constructive criticism, mm-mm, if they have that edge to them of cutting you, of hurting you, of tearing you down, that is not the voice of God. Second Timothy chapter 1 says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Another version of the Bible says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, of a sound mind. Fear doesn't come from God, and God wants to replace our fear with faith, with, you know, this is, faith is that spiritual courage. Faith is spiritual courage. It's, it's that um, knowing that somebody's going to catch you. You know, when my little girl... Uh, Ava, she's a teenager now. Oh my gosh, 
My daughter just got a, my daughter just got a job. What the? But when she was a little girl, she would do this thing to me constantly where I'm, I'm walking by and I'm not really looking, and she would come top rope off of the couch, jumping onto the side of me, and I'm like, Ugh! and catch her. I'm like, what are you doing? I barely, I, what are you, I barely, ha-. and she says, I knew you'd have me. That's faith. That is faith. I knew you'd have me. Like, I knew you'd have me. I knew you'd have me. At some point, all of us have had that, that fear of failure happening because you failed before. and you ne- A lot of us have failed once or twice, and we spend the rest of our life making sure we never fail again, don't we? And your life ends up being kind of wonky because you're so afraid of failure, because you're so afraid of what could happen, of so afraid of having to say, I messed up, so afraid of having to say, I'm sorry, so afraid of having to say, I didn't get it right. And so you don't want to fail as a mom or a dad. You don't want to fail as a son or a daughter. You don't want to fail at your job. You don't want to fail at school. It's just endless. I believe God wants us to overcome our fear of failure because Fear always costs us something. It always costs us something. If you're afraid, if you're a person who's afraid, it has cost you something in your life on a small level and on a big level. Uh, I used to be a wrestler in high school, and uh, I, I was pretty decent at it. I wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, but for me, there was this thing that would happen when I would have wrestling matches, and most of the time, my dad wasn't there. He was a single dad. Um, He was working. My matches were happening when he was working. Or he wasn't working, and he didn't want to come. One of those. And when he wasn't there, I would do great. I would do great. But the matches where my dad would show up, ding, 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 pinned. Oh, God. No. I would get all worked up. I was afraid of letting him down, and I would psych myself out, and all of a sudden I'd be on my back counting the lights in Oak Hills High School. <laughs> the same thing for me for, forever. I've been horrible with directions. Any of you horrible with directions? You can't, I can barely find my way home from here. Uh... Actually, if I'm by myself, I'm fine. If I'm by myself, I'm fine every time. But if somebody else is with me, <laughs> I don't, and they're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. Fear makes us second guess ourselves. It ends up holding you back from experiencing blessings that God has for you, from experiencing really just blessings that the world has for you, too. I want to read you a story about fear that Jesus told that I always gravitate towards. It's in the Gospel of Matthew. It's in chapter 25. It says this, Again, It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. 
To one he gave five bags of gold, and to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, and he put his money to work, and he gained five bags more. And so also, the one with two bags of gold, he also gained two more. But the man who had received one bag, he went off, he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned, and he settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold brought the other five. And master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have made you five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags also came. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received just one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I haven't sown and that I gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more. And what they have, they'll be given in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they do have, it will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what gnashing of teeth is, right? It's just where you're like this. (laughs) It's not really that bad. The fear of what might happen, the, the fear of what might happen, the fear of what the servant, what he heard could happen, the fear of what that, that master could be like, it kept him from sharing in the blessing that the other two received. The fear of failure paralyzed him. The other two guys overcame that fear, and they took a risk. And it's a faith risk, and it ends up paying off. Have you ever been paralyzed by fear? Like where you're just like, I, oh, I, I could do this. I could ask her out, but what if she says no? Then she says no! And then you move on. Oh, sorry. I, I shouldn't. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, about a month ago... A little over a month ago, I um, 
went into inpatient treatment at the Lindner Center of Hope for mental health, um, I was super duper not okay. And I needed to go in there and be checked out by psychiatrists and get on medication and be watched and be uh, just like, it, it was a crazy experience. No pun intended. And one of the biggest things is, you know, the thing that kept popping up in my head again and again was, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be a pastor of the, the church anymore. I don't know if they'll let me. I don't know if I'll be allowed to. I don't know if I'll be able to come back. I don't know if they'll think I'm nuts. Yeah, I know. You guys already did. It's all right. It's all good. Yeah, but what, what, how, what, how, am I going to be able to feed my kids? You know, that kind of stuff. I knew that God wanted me to do something, but I wasn't sure if it was going to work out. Thank you guys for being here, by the way. Thank you. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Other people were, seemed to be more afraid than I did. I was like, I don't know what it is about these church people. I think they're, they're kind of real messed up, too, and they're going to just be all right. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. But I love you guys. Maybe you have a vision to start a business, but you're afraid to do it because what if it fails? What if it fails? What if the financing doesn't come through? What if it fails and I'm even worse off than I am now? What if um, I, I, I try it and then everybody that ever doubted me, they, they were right. It didn't work. And I blew it. And I put all this effort and all this money and all this time into it. And, and, and I failed. Maybe you want to get married, but you're afraid. Maybe you're afraid of getting hurt again. Maybe you want to fix the relationship with your mom. But you're afraid of what she might do. Of what she might say. Because the things that she has said in the past have been ringing in your head for years. What if I trust somebody and it, and it comes back to bite me? Maybe God is challenging you to become the spiritual head of your household. You know, that was one that happened to me. That I was just... Doo -doo 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 -doo. God challenged me to step up and become the spiritual head, the leader of my household. That... The idea being that if God were to actually show up at your doorstep and bang on your door and open the door, that if any of the kids, or even if my wife answered the door, that God would say, where's Ryan? Ooh. And I was scared of that. James chapter 2, 
sorry, James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect. They're able to keep their whole body in check. We all stumble in many ways. It's one of the things that's tattooed on my arm. Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This was one of the ones that got me because I felt like a failure. I felt like a loser. I felt like a not good enough. I felt like a ne'er-do-well. I felt like a sinner. And I thought that it was um, just me and maybe Charles Manson and Hitler and a couple other people from my bus stop. And it hit me like a ton of bricks when I found out it was not just me. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. A sound mind. A sound mind knows this. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. You're going to mess up the wrong thing. You're going to fail. You just will. We all do. One of the things I want you to hear today is this. I know this is very encouraging. You're going to fail. You just are. Failure, though, here's the thing. Failure is an event. It's not a person. It's an event. It's not a person. Failure is a, a, a moment. It's not a person. Failure is a, a thing to move past. It's not you. You're not a failure. You can fail a whole bunch of times and never be a failure. Just because you fail at something doesn't mean that you're a failure. You will fail. It's part of the growing process of becoming successful. Every single area of success in my life has come on the tail end of a failure. And so don't be afraid of it. Just let God's word minister to you. That's, that's what I have to do. I, I, I say don't be afraid of it, and yet I'm deathly afraid of it. And so I have to constantly remind myself that um, it's, it's not just what my brain's able to come up with. Uh, I need to lean on the word of God. I need to lean on his word because I don't come up with the right answer a lot of times. And so I lean on his word. Romans 5, 3 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. When we hit the wall, when we fail, when we run into problems or trials, we can rejoice because we know that God is doing something in us. And so don't fear it. Anybody, um, you know, I mean... Any of the most successful people that you can think of, any, um, any of the richest, any of the most powerful, any of the most, you know, people that you look up to um, in a spiritual sense or in a, a whatever kind of sense, if they're, they're, they're massive failures, they've failed repeatedly. But I know all kinds of people who have barely ever failed at all. They've only failed once or twice but they've spent the rest of their lives making sure they never failed again and they never do anything interesting at all. 
Proverbs 24, it says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. I'm going to put a song in your head right now. I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> You're welcome. There was a, a pottery teacher, another university pottery teacher, um, who was testing a class of new students, and he broke the class into two halves. One half of the class, um, he said that they were going to focus on quality, and the other half of the class was going to focus on quantity in the pottery class. And so he took half of the class, and he said, we're going to give you three hours to make just one clay pot, all of you, that all of you to get three hours to make one clay pot, and the other half of the class, three hours to make a hundred pots, that about 25 students that you could make a hundred pots within this three hours. They're going to be, you know, they're, they're not going to be great or whatever, but one half of the class, you have the three hours to focus on one pot. The other half, I want you to make a hundred pots. At the end of the class, uh, there were a dozen clay pots that were better than the one quality pot. A dozen of them were better than the one quality pot that the whole group had worked on. Why is that? Because the first pot that you make is ugly. <laughs> and the second one you make is ugly too. But then the third one wasn't as ugly. And the fourth one is a little bit better. And each time you made it, each time you made one, you learned something. And before long, you made this mistake, but then you didn't make it the next time. And you got better and better and better. And you were learning so much that the quality of your work improved. And you succeeded because you didn't fear failure. Because you weren't worried about failing. You were just worried about cranking them out. And so... His message was to get in there and mix it up and let some things happen and don't be afraid of failing. Galatians 6 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When you, when you fail, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It matters really what happens in you. Some people fail and they shut down. Some people fail and they curl up. I'm inviting you to fail forward. For a lot of us, our greatest fear is failure. But your greatest fear could end up being, it could end up leading to your greatest pain also, regret. You know how many, I mean, I have sat with people on their deathbed who have regrets. I've, I've done a lot of funerals. And I've listened to husbands and wives with stories of, uh, you, know, it, you know, that's the, the common saying. It's nobody ever says on their deathbed they wish they spent more time at work, right? Except for if it's something incredible. Except for if it's something you love. Like, I'm one of those people. I, people are like, when are you going to retire? I'm like, what are you, stupid? I don't believe in retire. Don't retire, refire. 
I'm just going to do something else. I'm going to keep doing things. I'm going to keep doing things that challenge me and that scare me. For you, it might be time to trust for the first time. It might be time for you to give yourself over to God and to jump off of the couch with him barely looking out of the corner of his eye and knowing that he's going to catch you. Let's pray. God, thank you for everyone here today. Thank you for the, the dreams that are in this place. Thank you for the gold that is living inside these people. Thank you for the incredible um, just gifts that you have bestowed upon all of us. Lord, we pray that we are not squandering them. We pray that if we have a gift, and I know that there are gifts everywhere in this room, that we would pick it up and use it. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. So we say, come Holy Spirit. We pray that you would help us to take up the gifts that we've been given, that we would not be afraid to fail, that we would step into our destiny, And that we would do something risky. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. If anybody would like to be prayed for for, for anything at all, we'll have uh, some prayer team people over here by the cross. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.